0: America, wake up to Jesus. Don't hit the snooze button. Remember the battle cry of the Crusaders. Christ conquers. Christ reigns. Christ commands. This is the Terry and Jesse show, Holy Hour of Power. You will not be bored because this is not Low Energy Catholic Radio. I am on duty. Terry, what about you? I'm on duty, brother. Lebanese lover of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ
1: and the Lebanese lover of Our Lady here to talk about a great event that's taking place on Friday, Jess, as you know, and you and I have been talking about this. Pope Francis says he will consecrate humanity, especially Russia and Ukraine, to the Immaculate Heart of Mary. He's also asking us to participate, so we'll be in church. We're going to be doing a live broadcast from Church Militant uh, on this event. Uh, We're also going to talk about the Marian consecration prayer for the Ukraine and Russia released by the Vatican. And we're going to also have our strength and honor segment with Michael Voris from Church Militant. Just before we begin, yesterday we were talking about the Supreme Court justices and how they're picking a new nominee, Judge Brown-Jackson, and we were saying how she's very woke in the sense of culture. Well, this uh, yesterday after our show, I saw a hearing, and it showed that uh, Biden's Supreme Court pick says she can't define what a woman is When asked at the confirmation hearings, Jesse, if you would have told me that thirty years ago, I'd said you're nuts. They're going to have some nominee that can't figure out the difference between a man and a woman. That's how crazy it is today. All right.
0: Yeah. Before you know what? You don't. You don't even need a degree in biology to figure that out. No. You could ask a two or three year old. Are you a boy? A A three year old would probably say, "I'm a boy." A three-year-old girl will say, I'm a girl. You need no advanced degrees, Terry, uh, to discover what God has made you. Yep. Terry, are you there? I wonder, I think... uh... Okay, yeah, I want to talk about uh, today's gospel real quick. Let's uh, get right into what we call the soul food section. Soul food. Matthew chapter 5, verses 17 to 19. Let Let me give a... Read today's gospel. Speak, Lord, your servants are listening. Jesus said to his disciples, Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have come not to abolish, but to fulfill. Amen. I say to you, until heaven and earth pass away, not the smallest letter of the smallest, or or the smallest part of a letter, will pass from the law until all things have taken place. Therefore, whoever breaks one of the least of these commandments and teaches others to do so will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever obeys and teaches these commandments will be called greatest in the kingdom of heaven. The gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Let me look at a couple of of, uh, words here that jump out as me. This is called... The Lexio Divina style of reading Scripture, mm-hmm. when when a word jumps out at you, uh, it's because God wants to teach you something. Verse seventeen jumps out at me, where our Lord Jesus Christ says that He not, He did not come to abolish the law or the prophets. This is our Lord is speaking using kind of a shorthand expression to say the entire Old Testament. In other words, He came to fulfill. All the Old Testament. Jesus completely fulfilled the Mosaic Law and the Old Testament prophecies. And that Greek word, translated fulfilled, it means to make complete. So that's what Jesus said in the Greek. I have made complete. Therefore, the new covenant that we're living in right now, it includes... And concludes both. It includes the Old Testament, but it also concludes the Old Testament. Because the Old Testament, it, 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 uh, it was a, a foreshadow, a precursor. The New Testament that we're living in as Catholic Christians, it perfects the Old Testament and transforms the Old Testament into the New Testament. And what do I mean by that? The sacrificial laws of the Old Testament expired with the sacrifice of Christ on, uh, 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 on Calvary. And the moral law, the Ten Commandments, guess what? That's been retained and refined. And so in the Christian life, we need the power of the Holy Spirit. It's necessary for us to obey the law of God, which are the Ten Commandments, And so that we can grow in holiness. Also verse 18 jumped out at me. In in today's uh, passage. Where our our Lord uses the word. uh, For I truly say. Till heaven and earth pass away. Not an iota. Not a dot. Will pass from the law until all is accomplished. An iota. At the time of Christ for the Hebrews. This corresponds to the smallest letter of the Hebrew alphabet. It's called a yod or a dot. And so, our our Lord is basically saying that He came to fulfill the law perfectly. Not so we don't have to. Jesus now has given us the Holy Spirit so that we have the power to fulfill the law. But not the ceremonial laws, not the 613 laws of Moses but the moral law, the eternal law that God has written in our hearts. Terry?
1: Well said. That kind of fits right in with what Fulton Sheen has to say about watering down our faith. We, don't, we cannot water it down. It's, it's true today. It'll be true tomorrow. He says this. Almost everyone. Paul oh, 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 Sheen ahead. Bishop Sheen, the smartest guy in the room. He says this. Almost everyone wants today a religion, but everyone wants a religion that doesn't cost too much. That is why some people want Christianity to be watered down to suit the modern man. Jesse, I see that even inside our church today where they're saying, Well, wait a minute, Jess. Hey, bro. Marriage? Come on. You know, relax on that. Okay? That's what I see on that, Jess.
0: Terry, and I'll tell you something. That's what's very scary for some people. I, and just to be honest, and, 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 and we have to pray for his conversion every time you think about him. Father James Martin... Cardinal Casper from Germany, and many others, Terry, they're teaching things right now that are against the perennial teachings of the Magisterium. And and we've been warned about that in today's Gospel. Jesus says, Therefore, whoever breaks one of the least of these commandments and teaches... Here it is. ...and teaches others to do so will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. There are some people like Cardinal Casper, like Father James Martin, and others that are speaking at the uh, the Religious Education Congress in Los Angeles, they are teaching others Terry to break the least of these commandments. If they don't repent, if they don't amend their lives, they're going to be called the least in the kingdom of heaven. So, uh, yeah, just I, I just also want to mention that today every every day in the Catholic Church uh, there's a feast day to a special saint. And also every month, right now is the month of St. Joseph, the month of March, we're we're focused on St. Joseph, terror of demons, pray for us. But today in particular is the feast day of St. Taribius of Mogrovejo. He was from Spain, he was a a lawyer, a brilliant scholar, professor at the University of Salamanca. He was also the Archbishop of... Of uh, Lima, Peru, back in 1580, uh, Saint Toribio's one of the things that he was known for is he made a point of learning the language of the of the Indians, the indigenous Indians, and this helped him teach and minister t- to those to those people, and it also made him a very successful missionary to the Indians because he learned their language. As a bishop, he denounced the exploitation of the Indians by Spanish nobles and even clergy. And he imposed many reforms in spite of considerable opposition. St. Terribius also organized a seminary in, in 1591. It was the first one in the Western Hemisphere. He was assisted by St. Francis Solanus and by his friend, sister R- St. Rose of Lima. He served as the archbishop for 26 years. He died in 1606. So what's the lesson that we can learn from St. Terribius <laughs> de Mogrovejo? Well, number one, that true holiness will often require a willingness to uh, to upset the status quo. And I know somebody who knows about that. His name's Terry Barber, about upsetting the status quo. <laughs> but that, that's where true holiness comes in. You have to know that holiness requires... Sometimes you have to accept the status quo. The second thing we know that we can learn from St. Terribius today is that if we share the gospel with others, we first need to have some willingness to understand and accept those persons as valuable in and of themselves. And St. Terribius, he demonstrated this by learning the, the Indians' languages. This way he showed them respect, and this way he was able to teach the, the gospel to them, and he wasn't uh, looking like somebody who was just trying to lord over them. He actually walked with them. St. Terribius, Demogrovejo, pray for us. The, the
1: only thing I'm going to add to this saint, he did parish visitations the old way. He would go in and check... The church make sure it was clean, make sure the vestments were clean. He would go in and ask the kids questions on the faith. He would go in and make sure the priests are living uh, beautiful lives. This guy really knew how to organize parishes, and he constantly was keeping in touch with his flock he's a real more he's a real model for bishops today, in my humble opinion jesse uh, let's let's make sure when we come back that our people are listening to this because this is so important. We're going to be talking about the consecration of humanity, especially Russia and Ukraine to the Immaculate Heart of Mary. And we're going to talk about much more about Our Lady's f- Peace Plan. Let's be honest, Yes, I just saw a video in Ukraine where a priest took the Blessed Sacrament in a car and was driving the streets of, of Ukraine, and people were kneeling down on the streets. Hundreds of those people were kneeling down as the car went i got to tell you, there's faith in the Ukraine. I saw it, especially in the real presence. I'd love to be able to see that happen in Phoenix or Los Angeles or New York. Please, we got to bring back our, our the real presence of Christ in the Eucharist, and that's what went on there in the Ukraine. I see our clock is off because it says 12. Um, I'm not sure if we went over our time scale or not, but Mr. Engineer, if we are, let me know, but... Um, we're going to talk about the consecration and much more.
0: Terry, let me mention one thing real quick meanwhile, before, while we're on still. yeah, I, I just read uh, the other day from a good source that the United States is the country that has more Eucharistic adoration chapels uh, in comparison to the other 197 countries in the world. Yeah, that's the, a fact. The U.S. leads the entire world in more yep. perpetual Adoration chapels in any other country So that's a good sign Because I know we always criticize our country Because of abortion and homosexual yeah. marriage So I also want to extol the, the good things About this country What's going to make America great? Perpetual adoration, Eucharistic adoration Amen. That's what's going to make America great
1: And Bishop Athanasius Schneider's coming to us on Monday To talk about his new book On the Catholic Mass And he talks about that very topic Stay with us folks You're listening to the Terry and Jesse show We're too blessed to be stressed we're too anointed to be disappointed. And if hope was money, Jess Romero Terry Barber would be billionaires. Stay with us, family.
2: Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888 526 2151. Now, here's Terry and Jesse.
0: We need to stay prayed up because the consecration this Friday, I hope and pray that the effects echo around the world, and I hope it changes the hearts of people around the world, including our country in America. We need a heart transplant. Pope Francis now says that he will consecrate humanity, especially Russia and Ukraine, Mm -hmm. to the Immaculate Heart of Mary. After vowing to consecrate Russia and Ukraine to the Immaculate Heart of Mary, Pope Francis has now said he will consecrate humanity to the Immaculate Heart. Now, this has led, led doubts as to whether Friday's consecration will fulfill the request the late Sister Lucia dos Santos of Fatima said were made by the Blessed Virgin in 1917 and 1929. Following the prayer of the Angelus in St. Peter's Square on Sunday, Pope Francis said to the crowd, quote, I invite every community and all the faithful to unite with me on Friday, March 25th. And by the way, we'll be doing that in Virgin Most Powerful live. Absolutely. "...the solemnity of the Annunciation to the solemn act of consecration of humanity, especially Russia and Ukraine, to the Immaculate Heart of Mary, so that she, the Queen of Peace, may help us obtain peace." Close quote. This differs from the March 15th announcement by the Holy See Press, which made no mention of humanity and said that the Pope will consecrate Russia and U- Ukraine to the Immaculate Heart of Mary. Now, here's my personal opinion. Sure. I don't think that makes much of a difference no. to me. That, that I mean, your, your, your people are, I think, straining at gnats. Yeah. I believe, Terry, so long as a pope and the bishops mention Russia, Russia, Russia. Right. Everything else, as far as I'm concerned, that he mentions is like cherry on the top of a cake. What is important is that Russia is consecrated. I think people, once again, uh, they're they're being you know they're straining at gnats. On Friday, twenty uh, fifth of March, Jess, let me just jump in and say one comment about this. Yep. Every time the Pope has
1: made these consecrations, fruit has borne quite quite a bit of fruit. We can go back. Yeah, even to the world when they War do it. Two, yeah, even when they do it for the whole world. Right. Nineteen forty two. 1984. All this is going to bear fruit. The question is, how much fruit will it bear? There and you know go. what? That's beyond my pay scale, just for me to know. I I'm with you. He named Russia. You know now all the bishops are supposed to join in. He's invited all of them. Is that a is that a demand? Well, in a sense, if the Pope is telling your bishops to be part of this then it is telling you you should do this, okay? So, I mean, this is kind of uh, nitpicking the different things, how oh it's not exact. Well, it's, it seems to me that, like you said, on Friday, March 21st, 25th, during the celebration of penance, of which we'll, we'll preside at St. Peter's Basilica, Pope Francis will consecrate Russia, Ukraine, to the Immaculate Heart of Mary. That same act on the same day will be carried out in Fatima by his eminence, you know, Cardinal Kowitsky apostolic uh, person as the envoy of the Holy Father. This is going to be done here in L.A., uh, Phoenix. Everyone I know is going to do this. So that March 15th announcement came after an appeal made by the Ukrainian Catholic bishops. This is how it all came to be, that the Pope Francis consecrate Russia and Ukraine to the Immaculate Heart of Mary as requested by the Blessed Virgin Mary. They want to
0: stop this war, and Our Lady can do it. Jess, continue. Yeah, Terry, as you said— All the other prior, all the other consecrations, even though the wording hasn't been as precise as Our Lady said, every time a consecration is done by a pope, it bears fruit. Amen. Because again, it's because of the office of the pope who has the keys. Heaven responds. Now, I believe if Russia is included in this consecration, I believe that this consecration will bear more fruit than any other consecration. Amen. Because Russia has been included. And again, as Father Ripperger taught me all week last week, that's where I was at (laughs) in South Carolina.
1: Yeah.
0: uh, Precision in prayer, especially liturgical prayer, is very important, very powerful. And this is what God asks us. He asks us to be precise with Him because He's our Father. So if the Pope... Is precise with God the Father as to what He's asking. Boy, oh boy, watch out! Uh, we're going to be in for an avalanche of grace. Absolutely, come this, come this Friday.
1: Yeah, and remember, Jesse, just to point here out that uh, in the letter of March seventeenth, the Apostolic Nuncio to the United States informed Archbishop Jose Gomez, the President of the U.S. Conference of Catholic Bishops that the Pope intended to invite all the bishops. Our Lady wanted all the bishops on this too, not just the Pope, uh, the bishops of the world to join in this consecration. This was confirmed by the Vatican the very next day. Continue, Jess, because this is important that everybody, even us lay people con- yes, say these prayers at that time in unison yeah. with the Pope and bishops.
0: Yeah, and if you don't have those prayers so you don't have a computer, pray the rosary at that time. Yeah. Join the Pope and the bishops in prayer. Yeah. The letter also mentioned the exact text of the consecration. It would be issued to all the bishops, and it has been issued already. We'll talk about it in the next segment. We can actually even read the prayer. It's very, it's beautifully written. But uh, the letter basically read that in the coming days, the Holy Father will address a letter of invitation to the bishops enclosing the text of the prayer of the consecration in the various languages, close quote. Yep. And so... Through the text of the consecration, or, or though the text of the consecration has not yet been released, uh, but as of that this article, but now it has. We'll quote, We'll share it with you on the next segment. Uh, Pope Francis' comment on Sunday seems to indicate that the scope of the consecration. Has now been brought in to include the whole of mankind. Yep. Now I, I don't see a problem with that. I don't either. You you, th- you think a pope shouldn't pray for all mankind in general? Absolutely. As long as Russia's mentioned, yep. I don't I don't, don't care them. I don't care how many other countries are mentioned. Russia must be mentioned explicitly and consecrated to Our Lady. That's the golden key that unlocks all of this. That's the th- th- that's again that's the cherry on the cake. Everything else is basically, you know, everything else is uh, uh, commentary. Everything else is, 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 is second-hand. What is most important is that Russia is prayed for by the Pope in a consecration to Mary. According to German Catholic News Outlet, the Vatican officials have pressed Pope Francis to tone down the Eurocentric emphasis of the consecration. I just hope the Holy Father doesn't listen to the German bishops and just, again... Consecrates, Russia primarily, Ukraine obviously, they're, they're right now in, 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 involved in a war, and the whole human race. All of us have been slimed by modernism, Marxism, and Freemasonry. We all need the Pope and the bishops to pray for us in a consec- in a consecratory-type prayer before God the Father. I'm actually happy to see that. Absolutely. Now, now uh, uh, the, the last thing that I'll mention, Terry, and I think that it's very important, is yeah. that that the 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 Pope, I, I think I find I find it very interesting uh, that Our Lady, when she gave this prophecy, she used the word triumph with regard to the statement. In the end, my immaculate heart will triumph. Now, what is a triumph? In the New Testament, a triumph is the procession of a Roman general who was victorious in war. The Roman general would lead the parade, followed by his captors in chains, and then followed by his army. What strikes me is that triumph requires combat, which means you can't have a triumph of Mary without a war. So, what does that mean? It means that we've been at war since Our Lady told us this in 1917 with sin and vice, our concupiscence, and the devil and his agents even within Holy Mother Church. So I see this consecration, Terry, as a turning point in this war oh, yeah. that we've been in. Yeah. It's a turning point. And, and don't get me wrong, even after the consecration on Friday, although we're going to have a home field advantage with all the grace on onto us from heaven on planet Earth, we still have a fight ahead of us. But this is our sign this Friday that the enemy's power is being broken. It's the signal for each and every one of us to charge ahead with confidence, with our rosaries in our hand, with yeah. Jesus in our heart, knowing that, that we will soon be joining Our Lady's triumphant procession with the heretics and schismatics and nonbelievers in cages and in chains. Uh, they will be again uh, captive to Christ the King. So what am I telling everybody out there? Be of good cheer, be a joyful warrior, be of sound heart, brothers. Our lady is here, she's with us, and the time of victory is close. And
1: Jesse, I might add, the Pope can't do this for you, but we're all called to to embrace the entire Fatima message, which is including what Jesse just said, pray your daily rosary, the five first Saturdays, get to confession, make a reparation of communions for the sins of our world. And she's made these promises to all of us, so let's don't just sit back and watch the Pope make the consecration and forget about the message of Fatima for us. We need to live the Fatima message as a one family at a time, so that these graces will be there. But yes, the Holy Father this Friday is a great day for all of us. Let's pray that he will do exactly what he said he's going to do and consecrate uh, all of the, the not just uh, Russia. Uh, in the Ukraine but all of us entrusted to Our Lady because he also said in the Fatima message that the sacred heart and the immaculate heart go together and you know the church puts those feasts together and I'm wondering if it's because of what Our Lady said that was done later in time after the Fatima message so we need to embrace the entire Fatima message rosary penance Prayers before the Blessed Sacrament, acts of reparation. We live in a very sinful world, and Fatima is the antidote. As Pope Paul VI said, it's a reaffirmation of the Gospel. Terry, the,
0: Fat, the, the Fatima message, yes, yes, as as uh, it relates to lay people, yes, it's essentially to teach lay people to order their lives once again, reorient their lives once again to God the Father, and to live in a state of sanctifying grace. That's why our Lord gave us uh, those precepts at Fatima to lay people, to teach us once again how to live in a state of grace because for a lot of us, we've lost our way. You think,
1: and it was bad in 1917. With sin, what do you think it is now? It's much greater. Stay with us, family. We're going to continue to talk about consecration to the Immaculate Heart of Mary with Pope Francis and the fad of a message. We'll be right back after a quick break.
2: Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse show to join the conversation. Call 888-526-2151. Now here's Terry and Jesse.
0: We do have the Marian Consecration Prayer for Ukraine, Russia. It's been released by the Vatican. It was released yesterday. And uh obviously we're asking the Queen of Heaven to restore God's peace to the world. Uh you can read the full the full prayer of consecration. It's on the, there's several there's several websites that have it.
1: Yeah, we're going to put it on Virgin Most Powerful a little at right after the show so people can reach it.
0: Yep. Now here's Here's the two phrases that everybody was looking for, mm-hmm. and I, I, I highlighted them. Good. Yeah. Uh, it's a long, beautiful prayer, but halfway in the prayer, here's what it says. Uh, Therefore, o, o Mother, hear our prayer. Star of the sea, do not, let, do not let us be shipwrecked in the tempest of war. Ark of the New Covenant, inspire projects and paths of reconciliation. Queen of Heaven, restore God's peace to the world. Eliminate hatred and thirst for revenge and teach us forgiveness. Look at this phrase here. Free us from war. Protect our world from the menace of nuclear weapons. Yeah. That's very specific. Yeah. Look at here. Another, another specific. God loves precision in prayer. It says here. May your maternal touch soothe those who suffer and flee from from the rain of bombs. Yep, that's very specific. Now, here's here's the cash value to the to the entire. This is the phrase that's going to in my opinion, this is going to open up the the Niagara Falls of grace from heaven. Think about Niagara Falls, those gushing waters. This is the phrase that's the game changer. This is going to unlock the Niagara Falls amount of grace from heaven to fall upon the earth. Here it is. It's on the second to the last paragraph. It says this. Yep, therefore. Therefore, Mother of God and our Mother. Yep, this is it. To your Immaculate Heart, we solemnly entrust and consecrate. There's the word that needs to be there. Yep. Consecrate ourselves, the church, and all humanity. Especially Russia, their name first. I name and Ukraine. So Russia is named first. Now, some people that'll get very legalistic will say, "Well, why is the Holy Father mentioning Ukraine?" Well, I'll tell you: when Our Lady gave this prophecy, guess what? Ukraine was part of Russia. That's right. Okay, so as far as heaven's concerned uh Russia Ukraine is probably at the time of 1917 Ukraine was part of Russia so it only stands to reason that today in 2022 uh, that they're separate countries it stands to reason that both of those countries be named because at the time that the consecration was given or the, or, or the prophecy was given, they were united in one nation. Terry, comments.
1: Well, no, you're, you're nailing it, Jesse, and I just want to repeat these words. They're very important. You just said it. Therefore, the mother of God, our mother, to your immaculate heart, we solemnly entrust and consecrate ourselves, the church and all humanity, especially Russia and Ukraine, accept this act, that we carry out with confidence and love, grant that war may end and peace spread throughout the world. The fiat that arose from your heart opens the door of history to the Prince of Peace. Well said, Holy Father. We trust that through your heart, peace will dawn once more. To you we consecrate the future of the whole human family, the needs and expectations of every people, anxieties
0: and hopes of the world. Wow. something yeah something very important just for us to understand uh sometimes people have a misunderstanding that god's grace depends on the holiness of a person yeah uh, not necessarily true when it comes to the clergy. I'll, I'll, i think of this, Jesse, yeah. a a wicked priest, when he says mass, it's still valid. B- that's exactly what I was going to say. <laughs> okay. A priest in mortal sin. Exactly. Can confect the sacrament. Yeah. W- why? Not because of his holiness, not because of merit, but because of office. Yeah. This is an important distinction that Father Ripperger, he hammered it to us all week last night, and last week in training in South Carolina. Mm-hmm. When priests and bishops and popes pray, yes. it's ba- the, 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 the efficacy of their prayers, liturgical or private, is based on office, not merit. Now, for lay people, it's based on both. That's why James 5.16 says the prayer of a righteous person has much power. So our prayers as lay people are based on holiness, but fathers have an additional responsibility because only fathers have the office of bishop of the house. Did you know that? St. John Chrysostom says that a father, a human father, a dad, is the bishop of his domestic church. So a dad... He has two things that he has to try to follow for his prayers to be powerful or efficacious. He has to be personally strive for holiness. That means live in a state of grace. And also his prayers are powerful just because of his office, the office of dad. The office of dad, according to Jews, the dad is the rabbi of the house. That means a teacher. And according to the the, the early church fathers, the father is the bishop of his home. Yep. Uh, but again, when it comes to our priests, bishops and, and Holy Father, they can be, I mean, we don't want them to be, don't get me wrong, but they can be less than, you know, less than 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 as holy as they should be, but their prayers have great weight before the throne of God because of office. And this is what's happening here. The office of the Pope and the office of the bishops, it doesn't matter what bishop, They could be on the headlines for shuffling around pedophiles. Yep. Once they pray and invoke their office as bishop and pray a prayer of consecration, united with all the other bishops and the Pope, boy, oh boy, does heaven respond.
1: Jesse, you just gave a great catechesis of how grace operates, right? This is how we work. And this is why it's important, you know, even not to change the topic, but even on the issue of when priests are ordained or baptized people are ba- you use the proper formula we just went through something in phoenix arizona where the the young man was baptized erroneously and he was ordained well they had to go back and do it all over again and all the marriages had to be redone some people would say it's not that come on stop getting over that's just you know deal with it no the church is very precise about the sacraments and the church is very precise about prayer and that's why this prayer has got to be just right with Our Lady's request. And again, just I want to add to all of every, every one of us, most of us aren't bishops or priests or the Pope. We're all lay people. We need to embrace the Fatima message, the rosary. We're starting our first, Friday, first Saturday devotion starting in April here at the chapel with praying the rosary, meditating 15 minutes in silence. That's what Our Lady asked us to do. Not just pray the rosary but have a 15-minute silence to meditate on these mysteries. And then, of course, we have confessions going on, because our ladies asked for that. And then we have Holy Mass. And after Holy Mass, we have a a, a dinner with the potluck with everybody. But that's what we're going to do, not just the first five Saturdays. We're going to do that every Saturday here at the Sacred Heart Chapel to try and arouse people, because we're going to have new people coming in. Get your first Saturday's in and we're going to make it easy here at the chapel.
0: Yes, uh this is uh something that was given to us by Our Lady of Fatima and it was also reiterated uh to Sister Lucia. Yeah, it was it was a 1925 December 10th 1925. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was stated to Sister Lucia. Number 1, go to confession yep. on the first Saturday or soon after. We can do that. Yep. Number 2. Receive Holy Communion in a state of grace on the first Saturday. Yep. Number three, pray five decades of the Holy Rosary. And again, once at the end of the Holy Rosary, pray for the Holy Father, an Our Father, a Hail Mary, and a Glory Be. Number four, after you've done this, 15 minutes of silent meditation right. on the mysteries of the Holy Rosary. Yep. this These are the steps to making... And, and do this for five months yep, on the first Saturday of yep. every month. And that's
1: what five we're going to do here at the Sacred Heart Chapel for all of our listeners. Ask your priests at your parish to do it. We're going to do it. Anybody in Southern California, it's worth a drive because you know what? Salvation is key. That's what Our Lady is leading us to, her
0: son, Jesus. Amen. And uh, again, uh, if a Catholic starts complaining and grousing don't complain unless you're doing the five first Saturdays, because exactly. you're you're part of the problem as well. Okay, to be part of the solution, we must live the five first Saturdays, which which is supposed to do what? It's supposed to reorient our faculties uh, and and give us custody of our intellect, so that we become Christ-centered Catholics. That's what the first five Saturday devotions, they're meant to reorder your faculties, the higher faculties of the soul, your intellect and will, so that you are now a Christ-centered Catholic living a clean life, a pure life, and a well-ordered life. If you're not doing that, then you're part of the problem. You're part of what we call the culture of death. And as Catholics, we must reject the culture of death. That's right. And, and all its allurements, we must be part of the culture of life. Yes, I also
1: want to repeat what our what the angel of Fatima, uh, angel of Portugal, taught the children. We do this when we see sacrilegious. My God, I believe, I adore, I trust, and I love you. I ask pardon for those who do not believe, do not adore, do not trust, and do not love you. Having repeated these words three times, he said... Pray this, the hearts of Jesus and Mary are attentive to the voice of your supplications. This is the a message, folks, and this is why it's so important that we live it in these times, because there's lots of uh, aberrations in the sense of a liturgy, and so Our Lady is showing us that we need to have great respect for the Blessed Sacrament and make reparation with holy hours and to Holy Communions of reparation for the sins of the world. This is also part of the Fatima message. And as I said, every first Saturday, 12 months a year, we're gonna pray the Fatima prayers. We're gonna study the Fatima message, and you're welcome to come to the Sacred Heart Chapel. Hey, up next, we got our good friend Michael Vorst. I'm gonna to have to step out. I got a funeral I'm taking to take care of, Jess, but I'll let you do the interview. With uh, Church Militant. You got it. And uh, we're we're just honored to have our listeners here to join us because the Fatima message, as Pope Paul VI said, is a reaffirmation of the gospel. Amen. Stay with us.
0: Thank you.
2: Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888 888- Now, here's Terry and Jesse.
0: Welcome to our strength and honor segment with uh, Church Militant. We do this every single Wednesday. We like to uh, network with uh, apostolates that have the same vision that we do. And I want to welcome Hunter Bradford. I know uh, I'm a lot older than this young man, so I call his team the, the Fantastic Four, uh, Hunter Bradford is on my television every single evening uh yep I, I I put my laptop connected to my big screen TV and you guys are my dose of Catholic news every evening Hunter welcome to the Terry and Jesse show what's going on this evening talk to me it,
3: it's good to be here thank you so much is 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 Terry here because last time I was on the show I guess he didn't think I was cool enough you know he he does talk to Strickland but when I'm on the show he <laughs> He's a no-show. So do I need to raise my, my game or what's going on here?
0: No, no I'll be honest with you. Terry, he, uh, he, and he's got a chapel right next to the, the studio, the radio okay. studio. and uh, That's a really he, good excuse. No, he runs about at least two funerals a day, literally. And so right now, Terry just stepped out. He's out there uh, evangelizing people that are about to awesome. – uh, yeah. Uh, you now you're
3: making me feel bad.
0: Yeah, he'd love to be on with you. Trust me. But talk to me a little bit about what's going on in Canada. Canada's chief officer is backing off the mandatory jab. What's going on with that? That's good news.
3: Dr. Theresa Tam says that, hey, we didn't explicitly endorse uh, the mask and COVID jab mandates. uh, But really, it's more political science than it is following the science. Mm -hmm. Surprisingly, Canada is the only country to have banned the unvaccinated from traveling in and out via, I mean, air, um, sea. So though they're backing off, and she said actually that uh, the mandates are now, their policies are up for review. So they're probably, what really is happening is they're looking at the polls, they're saying, hey, we're not really popular these restrictions, the people don't like them. So we should probably review them. We should probably change them. So not following the science, but we're seeing political science out of Canada.
0: Yeah, here's what they do, Hunter. The, 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 a lot of these politicians, they lick their finger, they hold it up and see which way the political and cultural winds are blowing. And mm-hmm. they're, see, they're seeing that this is not popular anymore with the people. Right. Uh, e- e- even the left is waking up. Even many people are saying, you know what, this is political, this is not medical, I'm tired, and this is why they're backing off, because they're losing their own people, actors, Mm -hmm. actresses, you know, the entire woke culture is saying, you know what, I don't think this is science, I think this is science fiction, and so that's Mm -hmm. the only reason they're backing off, Uh, so.
3: Jesse, it reminds me of uh, Pontius Pilate when he uh, licked his finger and took a temperature of... The political situation when he was judging our Lord—it's like, yeah, you don't—I don't think this would be politically advantageous for me to let him off free, though I know that he's innocent. So, just more Pontius pilots uh, in political positions today.
0: Yeah, you're right. Uh, we have we have a lot of them, unfortunately. We have a lot of Pontius pilots that are baptized Roman Catholic Christians. Yes, that uh, that are of—they uh, are a blemish to the body of Christ. Uh, just uh, to to make to make it. Uh, very simple absolutely so so talk to me this friday is going to be one of the biggest events in the last hundred years this is huge Mm
3: -hmm.
0: what's going to happen on friday i know there's a lot of naysayers Mm -hmm. here's my here's my position a hunter yeah it to me it's irrelevant if he mentions the hall of humanity ukraine to me that doesn't change that doesn't change the game the yes. game changer is mentioning Russia, Russia, Russia. To me. Jesse, yeah. Talk Jesse, who would have thought that? I
3: mean, think if you compiled all the, the list of all the popes that since 1917 and, and including 1929 that knew the message of Our Lady of Fatima and didn't consecrate Russia, we're talking Pope Benedict XV, we're talking Pius XI, Pius XII, Pope St. John the twenty third, Pope Pope St. Paul VI, John Paul II, and, of course, Benedict, if you compiled that list and said, okay, you know what, out of all these people, which which one of these popes do you think is going to consecrate Russia by name and in union with the bishops? No one would have expected Pope Francis, but here we are. As you said, they're naysayers, but um, the pope is saying Russia explicitly. There it is. That's, that's, you know, part one of the formula, and then two— in union with the bishops, and he's got that. He's like, like you said, he's inviting all Catholics uh, to participate in this consecration. Which most of the time, his radical inclusivity sort of hurts the Church. But here, inviting all Catholics to participate is is helping. And um, if you want to, if you want to hear that live, uh, Church of Milton will be running coverage beginning at 1 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, we'll be running stories on different angles. At of the consecration and then the, the consecration will, it'll be around 6:30 Rome time, 1:30 Eastern time. We'll play that live for you here at church militant. And then post the consecration, we'll be having several, you can call them theologians. I mean, Mike Voris, they've heard of Mike Voris, uh, Dr. William Mahoney and, uh, Bradley Eli, just breaking us, breaking it down, giving us commentary after the consecration.
0: You know, uh, this uh, this is the biggest thing that's happened in the Catholic Church since 1917. And like you said, who would have thought that of all the popes since 1917, it would have been Pope Francis to do the consecration mentioning Russia. And again, uh, it, it goes to show you that God's ways are not man's ways because you just mentioned several holy popes in that mm-hmm. list. And I would have thought that guy would have done it. That guy, that guy would have done it properly. That guy would have done it properly, and yet it was they weren't the ones that uh, heaven was looking for to do this. I'll tell you, I think why Pope Francis has the ability to bring both sides together. And let's just be honest: you got the left and you got the right in the church. I, you know, I don't want to be political, but that's the way Jesus sure. broke it down you, in, in the Gospel of Matthew twenty five 46 forty six. Yes, Pope Francis is able to get many on the left, those progressive bishops, to come on board because I think they want to curry favor with him. They want to stay in his good graces, so he's going to get them. Those that are more conservative, those that are more on the right, they're going to do it because it's the right thing to do, and the Pope has asked them. So I think this Pope, of all the Popes that you mentioned, he's the one that's able to get both sides together. What say you?
3: I think that's an interesting take. I mean, I was just talking about how—I mean, for example, I called him the Pope of radical inclusivity. Think of who he's inviting to the Synod, of the synod on Synodality. He's inviting Protestants. He's inviting Catholics who, who don't practice the faith um, to participate in the Synod so that they can offer their opinions, and the priests, bishops, and cardinals in participation will listen to them. I think uh, I think I think you hit the nail on the head. He, because of his his heterodoxy, his um, just sort of weird pontificate, is able to grab both sides of the uh, ecclesial aisle weirdly.
0: Well, I've read the consecration prayers on the internet. It came out yesterday. And, and and the words that se- that sentence that we've been looking for since 1917 <laughs> it's right there it says therefore mother of god and our mother to your immaculate heart we solemnly entrust and here's the word consecrate ourselves the church and all humanity especially Lee russia Russian russia States. russia and ukraine
3: <laughs> i know i mean gosh how many popes and bishops does it take to say russia <laughs> At the same time. It's like, oh my goodness. The Our Lady was really simple. It's like, okay, I want the Pope to explicitly name Russia and I want it to do I want him to to do it in union with the other bishops. And they were like, I don't I sorry, we're busy, we're really sick, we don't know how to say Russia all of a sudden. Um it's like gosh, I mean, thank the Lord that uh Pope Francis is finally doing it. And it doesn't matter that it's Pope Francis, he's doing
0: it. Right, right, exactly. Because what matters is Not the personal holiness of a pope. What matters is his office. He has the office of the pope, the bishop of Rome. It's the weight of his office that has the power to consecrate, not his personal holiness, as you well know, Brad, that even a Catholic priest in mortal sin can confect the sacrament so long as he has proper form, proper intention, and proper matter. uh, He can be in mortal sin. Why? Can he confect the Eucharist? Because of his office, not his personal right. holiness. Hey, let me ask you another question. Talk to me yes. about, about gruesome Gavin Newsom. What's yes. going on in California, the state that I lived in for 52 years?
3: Well, I was just smiling, but uh, this story is, is pretty terrible. So there's a proposed bill. It's called Assembly Bill 2223 that would do a number of things. It would shield the mother from civil and criminal charges for, I mean, a number of things, of course, aborting the baby. But even, it goes even further. So the mother would be allowed, would be legally allowed to sue any police department or legal authority that charges her with a crime. In addition, um, uh, this bill allows the mother to um, to really kill the child post-birth, seven days after or even later. So radical bill, but we're seeing states take action uh, before the Supreme Court lays down its ruling. Uh, Many states have trigger bans that would come into effect right after the Supreme Court ruling, but uh, Assembly Bill 2223 aggressively um, just wanting to enshrine the murder and dismembering of children in the state of California.
0: By the way... uh Gavin Newsom is a fake Catholic. He's been yes, baptized. Yes. So he, he's part of the mystical body of Christ. Uh, and also, these are the consequences of uh, Russia spreading her errors. The first country yes. that started that started spreading abortion, the first country that started practicing abortion was the USSR, communist Russia in 1917. And now this error, this evil, is spread throughout the world. And so who knows, mm-hmm. Brad? Friday could be a game changer. Friday. Could. Yeah, Friday could be a game changer. What I see is the Blessed Virgin Mary. This could usher in what we've been waiting for, the reign of Mary. Absolutely. You're right. Thanks a lot, brother. Thanks for coming on. We love to have you guys on every single Wednesday, Church Militant. Listen to these guys every single evening, Church Militant Evening News. Thanks, brother. We'll see you next week. God bless you. See you. You've been listening to the Terry and Jesse show. Remember, brothers and sisters in Christ, live in a state of grace. Do the five first Saturday devotions. Let's be part of the solution, not part of the problem. Wake up, America. Don't hit the snooze button. Global warming alert. Jesus is coming back. Are you ready? Make sure before you die, you leave it all out on the field. God bless you. Keep the faith.